Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chief, some host audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Wednesday, the Chiefs returned to the practice field. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, and, and special teams coordinator Dave Tope. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Dave Tope. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Uh, good afternoon. Hope all is well. Uh, I don't know if it's not too early to say Merry Christmas, but Merry Christmas to you guys, and uh, hopefully you guys have a happy holidays. But I uh, just wanted to say it feels good coming off a big victory. I know we uh, like to keep it close for TV purposes and ratings for whatever reason. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm glad that we found a way to get ourselves across the finish line together. I'm not going to hold that against you wearing that sweatshirt. But uh, other than that, with that said, I'm all ears. <laughs> Coach, uh, Pacheco fumbled and y'all kind of sat him out and then put him back in. Is, is that kind of a, a, an example of him fighting through that rookie wall? You know what, uh, we've had a number of turnovers in the past how many weeks in a row, and it's been addressed, and guys need to understand this. In order to be a team that wants to exceed all expectations and go and pursue a championship, there's certain things you can't do. You can't turn over the football. Right now, we got to protect the ball. we got to do a better job of understanding how important it is of possessing it and making sure that whatever individual has that ball last, their job is to, uh, is to hand it back to the ref. So we got to do a better job. Obviously, as coaches, we are addressing it, okay? But as players, we got to make sure that we're doing all the little things necessary. You got to keep two hands on it. You got to protect it at all costs. Can't give it up. Just, just can't do it. When to sit a guy for a quarter or maybe the game or just throw him right back out there? Because there's been times in the past where you, you did send him right back out. So mm-hmm. how, how do you figure that out? Well, you obviously want those guys to understand that there's a great deal of confidence in them. And I know he didn't go right back in after that play, but that was just because of the play that was being called. We haven't lost any confidence in him at all. Pacheco is still Pacheco, and he understands exactly what needs to be done. But also he understands that he has to be accountable and making sure he's doing the little things necessary to help us to be the consistent team that we need to be. Coach, uh, Andy said yesterday that you sounded optimistic that McCall Harlan could return this week, saying that there's a chance. How has McCall looked in practice over the last week and a half? <laughs> you know what, I'll just say this. It, uh, the thing is, with all those guys coming back, you know, obviously with KT, you know, uh, coming back, and I'm, I'm sure to come up at some point in time, Blake Bell being out there. You know, we're just trying to make sure that we're getting those guys back in the rhythm of things. Don't want to overexert them. You just want to make sure that they're getting back in football shape and that they, if needed, they can be there and making sure that, hey, when called upon to play, they're going to be at their best. So he looks good? I'll just say this. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a heck of a job. What do you think your offense misses when Hartman and, and Tony and that speed is out of the mix uh, as far as you know, what they can do, decoys, et cetera? You know what, that's a good question because uh, um, the thing is, is we've had a number of guys who have performed at a high level, but I'll say this, you always want your best players out there. You always want your best players available, you know, and then on top of that, we want to be playing our best ball right about now. So anytime we can get all our guys healthy 
and back out there, obviously we just got to be patient and making sure that we're staying the course and not doing too much to make those things happen earlier than what they need to. Eric, it's always impressive when a quarterback does have 19 straight completions. We talk about a quarterback getting into a rhythm. I just wonder from your side, as a play caller, obviously discussing things with Andy, how did you guys get into a rhythm to allow him to sort of execute at that high of a level? You know, I thought it was just fun. We just gave him things that he was comfortable with. And, and you guys know Pat. Pat's a very competitive person, okay? And on top of that, obviously, he's a great football player. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure that he can help us to be successful. I thought he did a hell of a job of just staying consistent, just progressing, checking the ball off wherever it needed to go. And then on top of that, just making sure that all the guys were in the right places. I thought he did a heck of a job. Kudos to the old line. Now, I know he took some shots. I did know he took some shots throughout that course of a number of drives uh, during that time. But the thing that he did, it did not disrupt anything. He stayed the course. Coach, how impressed have you been with Jared McKinnon and what he's been able to do uh, in recent weeks, too? You know what? We always knew Jarek was a, and I'll say this, He's a very, very good football player that happens to play the running back position. And that's been Jarek's story for his whole entire career. Obviously, he's had some injuries when he went to San Fran. Uh, he did a heck of a job when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. We knew all about him when he was coming out of college. In fact, hell, I knew at the time uh, Coach Sutton liked him as a, a nickel defensive back. So we, uh, we liked him in a, in a, as, a, as a runner as well. But Jarek is doing a great job. Jarek is doing everything that we expected him to do. And that's just who he is. He's the ultimate professional. He does a great job of working in, on the field. But the thing I don't think he probably gets enough credit for is just his leadership that he provides, you know, being an example of what it takes to be a professional to all the young players in our room. Coach, the temperature is going to be low. It's going to be a cold game, right? Mm -hmm. Seattle struggled to stop the run. You guys took advantage of that. Houston. Same issue. Is this a game? You know, depending on what all's going on, the weather, you expect the run game to be a big part of what you got to do. Well, I'll say this: we're going to do whatever we need to do to win. Okay, if it means running the football, we got to run it. And the guys up front got to make sure that they understand. Which every week it happens, everything starts with them. And so the guys up front got to set the tone. Uh, when called upon to run it, we got to grind it out and find four and a half. Anything after that is a bonus. So. We know uh, what Pete Carroll defenses are, are normally very, very good, structurally sound guys. They got some big time players up front. They got a linebacker who I believe is leading the league in, uh, in uh, tackles. And in that back end, they're pretty damn good. So we got to go out and make sure that we're executing on all phases. But more importantly, we got to make sure that after each possession, that we're handing that ball back to the ref. The uh, obvious, you're wearing the mask. I know there's illness going around in the mm -hmm. building. Is there, you guys taking any extra precautions? Are you just taking a little extra precaution, trying to keep every, get everybody to the finish line? Well, yes. I mean, a part of my responsibility is making sure that I'm not getting anybody sick. But on top of that is just making sure I respect the, the wellness of others as well. And so uh, we just want to be cautious. And I mean, I got to go home. And <laughs> I don't want to stay in the hotel for another six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pat shouted out uh, 56 and 27 for Seattle's defense uh, uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, well, what, what have you seen from Seattle's defense? They're very good. I mean, this is a typical Pete Carroll defense. And I know they've had their bumps and bruises throughout the course of the season. But one thing that you can see, first of all, they play hard up front. I mean, they got Shelby Harris. 
They got another kid by the name of Al Woods uh, that's up front. Um, what's my man's name? Big Puna Ford. They got Nwasu from Narbonne High School who played at USC, who was with the Chargers originally. Uh, in the back end, 27, a kid out of UTSA. Frank Wilson, who was a good friend of mine, was the head coach. I'm pretty sure he recruited him there. Uh, on top of that, they, uh, they got Diggs in the back end. They got 26. This is a very, very good team, okay? These guys have something to play for, and I guarantee you they're going to come out here and give us whatever they have, and that includes their best. So we know going into every game that it's, it's going to be a big game. Our job is to make sure that we can go out there, take care of the football, and just play sound, fundamental football. If we can do that, we'll give ourselves a chance. But I would just want to give credit where credit is due. This defense is pretty damn sound, and they're pretty damn good across the board. We get an opportunity to hear you more in training camp. You're a fan of ball security and, and passionate about it. At this stage, is there anything more that you can say to, to kind of ensure that, that guys are holding on to the football? <laughs> they know better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But we're doing, uh, we're making sure that we're getting back to a lot of fundamental drills as well, making sure that we've got guys understanding the importance, focusing on all the points of emphasis. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we're doing a better job. Last one, any takers? Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah, I know. I just said the same thing a couple of minutes ahead. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sick. I'm here. So. <laughs> uh, we're battling some things with the guys, but I think we'll be okay. And Rick's taking care of that. But other than that, I'll just open it up. Yeah, is that going around I, yeah, I don't know that. Again, um, I, some guys got some colds, and I think what they're trying to do is protect so the rest of us don't get it. But, um, are there any health protocols you know, that are still kind of in place from the pandemic years that not really. I'll be honest with you. It's probably a better question for Rick. I mean, I'm just grinding along. <laughs> Get in the meeting room, go to the practice field. I, honestly, I don't. I'm not sure that they're having the players do anything different or not. You have to ask Rick. Coach, one of the things we talked about last week after the Broncos game is work is good in the kind of quick turn situations. Sudden the, challenge or yeah, sudden, sudden change? Yeah, challenge. yeah. Kind of the same thing this past yep. week in those yep. deals. Yeah. I mean, it's all defense. Is there anything different about those situations? No, I mean, there should be a sense of urgency. Um, you know, it's hard. One was at the 17. I think that was the second one. And the way we look at it in that situation, you got to hold them to a field goal. That's our job, right? And to have, it, have them score in two plays was really disappointing. Um, the other one is around the 42 or something. I mean, that's plenty enough field there where you're not supposed to give up a touchdown. So... We do always talk about sudden change, sudden challenge situations, what offenses like to do in them uh, during those. Um, and we just got to be better at it. I mean, the 17-yard line was a obvious. I mean, you, you don't have to be real intelligent in football to realize we lost contain over there and the quarterback took off. So uh, we got we to gotta tighten some of those things up. So what, what is the challenge you, in those situations as opposed to just taking the field after? Well, I, part, you know, Especially away, you know, the, the whole place is juiced up. The home team just got the ball back. Turnovers are big in this league. We know they make a huge difference in wins and losses. And, um, you know, and again, some teams are quick strike. They'll take the first play and throw it down. We talk about that. We look at it every week. Uh, other teams don't do that. Um, but the, I keep going back to the sense of urgency has to go up.
Not that it, it shouldn't be high when you're going out there in a normal situation, but I just think that the, the fact that the offense coming on the field is juiced up because they just got an extra possession, you know, gives them maybe a little advantage. Initially, you got to take that away, try to get them off the field in three plays. Coach, you face the likes of Mike Williams, Mike Evans, two big physical type receivers. Yeah. What is the challenge this week against a guy who's 6'4", 236 yeah. pounds, and DK Metcalf? I was, um, you know, sometimes I go on the Internet and try to get pictures for my meetings and stuff, and there was a picture of Metcalf without a shirt on. And I'm like, good God. I mean, what a stud, right? Reminded me of T.O. when, when T, I had T.O. and we were in, had T.O. in Philadelphia. But, yeah, he's big. He's strong. He plays a powerful game. You know, he'll out-muscle guys. Uh, talked about it all week long. We've got to find ways to maybe get two on him. Um, he's a go-to guy. And even, even I watch teams that double him at times, and sometimes that doesn't make a difference because he, he's just so physically bigger and stronger than the guy he's going against. But we've got to limit those kind of plays. Coach, I know this, this question wouldn't really apply to all your young guys, right? We talk a lot about them. But, you know, seven straight comp, uh, division championships, four straight times in the AFC championship game. I mean, are some of the veterans that have been around here for a while kind of get boring? I mean, <laughs> you have to find yeah. a, Take it for a, granted, you mean? Yeah, especially now when maybe not even once you clinched it, but even before where you could see that it was – Almost inevitable, right? Yeah. No coaches never want to say that, but is it is it tough to get get up if you're a veteran guy? That's um, I, it'd probably be a better question for them. I know it's not for us as coaches because we continue to know what's at stake, you know, in every game. And I would say this, even if even when, I mean, this is how I'm built. Even when it is wrapped up, let's say it didn't matter what we did in these two games and the positions, whatever it is, um, I still find it hard to back off because once you do that and then all of a sudden you got to play in a playoff game so i just think in this business it's a week-to-week -week thing and guys need to approach it that way and we as coaches need to get them to approach it that way put the blinders on you know what happened already doesn't mean anything what's going to happen two or three weeks from now we can't go there uh, you know this league is too good it doesn't matter who you play we just we saw that last week right one and eleven and i'll tell you what uh love you did a great job Getting that, and then the last thing you want to do is have a solid taste as you're trying to do this at the end of the year going into the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't seen that in the vets. Uh, I'm hoping that doesn't happen because we still got a lot of work to do. How much can you raise it up? How much can a coach and staff? Yeah, I think Andy does a great job of it. I mean, Andy's rock solid. Uh, wouldn't matter whether we lost three or win three. I mean, he's just rock solid. I think the guys appreciate that, and because he never changes, we just go about our business every week like we should. Like it's one game at a time. I know it's an old cliche, but that's about where it's at. Coach, I'm serious, Coach. When you, um, you know, look at the stats coming out of the games this season, your defensive backfield giving up more touchdowns to wide receivers than any other team yeah. in the league. Yeah. How do you coach? I mean, how do you how do you coach them up? Coach them out of that? What type of adjustments do you yeah, make? Well, yeah, more? going you forward, yeah. Because you got DK and, and well, not Tyler this week, but a couple of weeks you got Devontae Adams, and then Lord knows who you'll have in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, listen, somebody put that on my desk. They, I get a lot of stuff, and I, I saw what you're talking about. It's a little discouraging. I had no idea it was like that. But, yeah, no, <laughs> I know it. Listen, if it's out there, it's, I'm going to get the question, so it's not a big deal. It, it's a little discouraging, and yet there isn't anything we can do about those, right? It's what we got to do going forward. And, you know, you hope that the uh, foundation of the number of plays that the young guys has helps us down the road. But, it's, you know, it's not just secondary when it's, it's, it's pass rush. It's everything. Um, I'd have to go back and look at them all, 
you know, to give you an assessment of, of what it is. But I, it, that jumped on me. I was kind of surprised by it. But listen, we, the one thing we know about this league is people throw the football. Uh, and so if we don't find ways to keep them out of the end zone when they throw it, it's going to get challenging for us when we get down the stretch here and stop playing these good teams. Um, but having said that, we just keep working on what we're doing, try to get better at it. What's been your evaluation of the linebackers in coverage and how do you maybe just continue to, to plug away there? Yeah, there's been a, a – I think they – listen, I think they re- do a real solid job in what we ask them to do. However, uh, I think they'll tell you that, you know, we're a pad and match team when we play zones, and there's been instances when the matches haven't been as tight as they should be. And we work on it every week. I, I think it's an eyes thing. I'm always talking to them about their eyes. Uh, and there are areas this year that that needed to improve. And yet, I think there's a lot of times that goes unnoticed. Because remember, when somebody covers it and matches it like they're supposed to, sometimes the ball doesn't go there. Those are the ones I see. Uh, but you're right in some of the holes that have been there. One of the things, Coach, when you look at last year, the last couple of years with Frank, um, you know, people will look at his contract versus production. I know with the whole stuff this season and him being out a couple of games, what have you seen from Frank Clark this, this season that has jumped out at you? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I thought the last play that we were on the field this past week is what Frank Clark is all about. I mean, the word relentless we use all the time defensively. He's the epitome of that. And I think if you go through his four years here, I think you'd find other plays. There's a, I have it because I show it periodically because I, I always tell the guys, you know, pass rushers keep rushing the passer. He had one here in Arrow Stadium, uh, Arrowhead, where I think he fell down, he got up, he turned around, the quarterback. It might have been Deshaun ja- uh, uh, Watson. Uh, no, it was Watson, I believe. But it was a perfect example of Frank in that he's relentless in a pet that he keeps on rushing. Guys that do that have a chance of having the result that we had on um, this past Sunday. But he keeps doing that. That'll help us. Um, Steve, how would you assess the middle of the field in terms of coverage this year involving linebackers and safeties? I guess uh, part of that is some of the zone matching. Yeah. I, you know, I don't recall, I mean, in this league, they have what we call all go special or four verts, and I don't recall a lot of that. Um, now, there may have been what we call some speedos and some, I know Trent had a penalty. Um, he was back there. I don't, I don't sense or feel like it's been a weakness now without looking at all of them and all the games kind of run together. But, you know, I know T, like even in watching this team, you know, they, they'll take four verticals, they bend these guys in, and they hit verticals. I don't remember that happening to us a lot. Uh, so in that, if I go just off of that, it's been solid uh, without putting my eye on every one of them. Uh, I know that you've worked on Seattle's offense, but have you caught some clips of uh, their rookie DBs and how they're doing? I haven't. Um, I, I honestly haven't. I just only look at the other side of the ball. Uh, do they got some good young DBs? <laughs> 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 Am I missing out on something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump in. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, we got two in line. Okay. Yeah, so let's go Matt and then we'll get started. Coach, you spoke about Frank's relentlessness, but you... Uh, Curious about Willie's effort on the home recovery, what you thought of that. Oh, yeah. Well, him and Nick were involved in that. Because, you know, that pile, you don't know what's going on down there. I found out later on all the stuff that was going on. But they, that, you're right in that. I I, I talked about Frank. Um, There were a lot of guys that were relentless to the ball in that play. Because everybody was swarming around. I think Derek Knighty might have been involved, some other ones. But to come up with that ball like Willie did was huge. And that was kind of just, he wasn't, he was determined to get it. And he did. Uh, thank God that that was big. Coach, nobody fumbles 
more as a position than the quarterback, right? They don't see it coming. They're only holding yeah. the ball. You guys are near the top of sacks, yet you're down at the bottom of forced fumbles. Is that a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's stressed all the time, but you're right. You think in a couple of those, you might get the ball knocked out, right? Like you're due, for lack of a better I hope you're right. Uh, I mean, Frank did get the one that didn't go as a sack, obviously, because I think he got past the line of scrimmage, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we got you guys see it when you're out there, an individual. Uh, Joe's out there, and you got that dummy, that red dummy, right, with those hands, and you know, you're always working the tomahawk, get it out. Uh, I hope, I hope we've saved them all up for the end. Um, that'd, be, that'd be a nice thing to have happen. That's a good point you bring it up. I, I, mean, I, I, do, I do know, we, I watch the guys work on it. Uh, I see Brendan working on it. Um, I tell the guys all the time in an individual deal, individual deal, I tell the coaches, finish with a ball, either scooping it up or knocking it down or picking up something so we can get our hands on the ball. But hopefully some of those will finish in sack fumbles. First of all, I'd like to congratulate Tommy on uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Pretty awesome. Good. Coach, with all the noise that's going on, and we've talked throughout the season about Harrison Butler missing kicks. So, how much of it is mental? How much of it is physical? And you know, whether it's laces up and out towards him or whatever. How do you clean whatever's going on before the playoff starts so it doesn't affect the team? Well, we got three more weeks left here, and I told Bucker, I said, this is just like preseason. We're getting ready for the postseason, you know, and. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna attack it that way. We're gonna improve. We're gonna improve each week, and we need to look at the whole thing, the whole operation, blocking, snapping, holding, kicking. And we're gonna keep working at it, and uh, you know we'll fix it. Are you comfortable with the holds? Yes. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with the holds. How, how much of it is snapping? How much of it is? The uh, it's. I'm not gonna break it down. You know, a percentage, but. You know, everybody has a hand in it. You know, I mean, if, if you make field goals, it's, it's, the, it's the protection's got to be good. The snap's got to be good, and the kick's got to be good. The hole's got to be great, you know. I mean, and there's a lot into it that goes, you know, and, and Colquitt is definitely right as far as how much detail there is involved in it. There's a lot, uh, you know, but, I mean, everybody has an important job. I mean, uh, Winchester with the snap, I mean, he's got he's to be perfect on, those, on the rotation of the ball. I mean, that's, that's where this thing's gotten to now. And, you know, the, it's such a science that, uh, you know, he has that thing perfectly rotated by the time he catches it so he can try to get it down and the laces are pointed away. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes the laces are, are pointed at him and he's got to spin it and get it out. You know, so everybody's got to work together to get this thing, uh, you know, perfected and, and we will. You referenced Dustin's comments. I mean, he, his, he got kind of very you know, uh, you know, specific about things. Rotating yeah. the ball different ways. You know, he's talking about a clock going yeah, exactly. 270. I mean, he was, he, he's yeah. just trying to show you how detailed it is, and I think that's great. You know, he, he's, he's, you know he, he did a great job for us. You know, he's, a, he's a Chiefs fan. He's a Bucker fan, most importantly. Um, you know, and you know, everybody has their opinion. And... He's absolutely right. There's a lot of detail that goes into it, and you know it doesn't go unknown or unseen by us. Sure. You know, I don't need to hear it from Dustin to, you know, to make adjustments. Uh, just so everybody knows that. I mean, we're we're we we see it. We're coaching them. You know, and and that's where we are. My, my guess, my question is, can Tommy spin both ways? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it depends on you know if the laces are, you know, if they're say they're at you know four o'clock or or, uh, or eight o'clock. You know, he can he can spin it back around this way. If they're you know back here, he'll he'll spin it here. So he push it and pull it according to what he, whatever he needs to get him away from Bucker's uh, you know from his foot being able to hit it. How hard is that? Like, how much time does that take? I mean, I don't it's, know. Is that it's fast. I mean, it's you know he, you catch it, 
and he'll, he'll know, as soon as he catches it, he'll know where the lace, he can feel it, and he knows if he has to spin it or not. So, I mean, that's how many reps. When we've got thousands and thousands of reps at this. That's why it's important. That, I mean, that's why you see punters being the holder. You know, in the past, it used to be quarterbacks were able to do it, and they just didn't get enough practice doing it. Now, you know, it's the punters because they're out there all the time. They can work together, and it's such a science. Um, you know, it, it has to be him, and, 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 he's, and he's a very good holder. Make no mistake. If the laces aren't right, what's the expectation then? For whatever reason, if the laces Okay, if the laces are not right, if they're totally right at Bucker and he hits the laces, that, that could be a problem, you know, because it could deflect off his foot. Uh, if the laces are pointed one way or the other, uh, the science of it is not exact. I mean, as long as he is able to hit the ball, it doesn't distract him, he's still able to make the kick. You know, it's not, it's not a physical physic thing where, you know, the, if they're pointed here, the ball's going to go that way. It's not, it's not 100%. It's all how he hits that ball. It doesn't, you know, the laces don't have that much impact. It's more of a visional, uh, vision thing, you know, the fact that he would be kicking the laces. That's, that's the dangerous thing. Harrison mentioned yesterday just not wanting to reinvent the wheel so late in the season. How, how much right. do you have to fight maybe not, not changing and just kind of getting the reps? Uh, you know, we, you, you got to look at it and you got to see what you're doing, whether it's practice, reps, or it's, um, are you doing too much, are you doing too little, um, you know, where are you spending your time. So that's, that's my job. I mean, that's, that's what we do, and, and we'll, get it, we'll get it straightened out. I mean, Bucker's still a great kicker, you know, and you know, we're not losing any faith in Bucker going forward, and I want everybody to relax. <laughs> well, you did say you, you did say that uh, Coke is a big fan of Bucker. I'm going to presume he's a big fan of Tommy Townsend as well. But to that point, when you talk about the missed kicks and what they're doing, when you go back on film, what are you seeing from game to game to game that would, you know, I guess give you uh, assurances that you know things will get cleaned up between now and the it's, start it's, of the it's Bucker's it's Bucker's history. It's what he is. I mean, he's made uh, game-winning kicks for us. I mean, he's got. You know, I say this before, he's got pelts on the wall. He's got that. And, and we trust him, and, and, and he's going to get it fixed. You know, we, we will get it fixed, the group. When you guys grade these things, I assume everything's great. You grade the snap on the rotations. Sure, yeah. and then if, it's a, if it's not a great snap, the hold's harder. I mean, all these things kind of yes. work together. When you go back and, and, and grade these things, I mean, how close are you guys to where you need to be? Uh, without getting into specifics of who's did what and that, you know I mean because I, I see where you're trying to go there but uh, it's we, we are we are close I mean we are close I mean Bucker you know he's got a lot of you know the injury you know all that stuff all those things come into play here you know he mentioned to us yesterday but he's he's tried really hard the last couple of years to to not even see the laces right he's focusing on this little bitty piece of ground there. He's just got to trust that it's not going to be there. You, know? right. you just have to do that. And that's, is that's, that something that you've been coaching for years with kickers? Don't yes. look at that part of it. Yes. You just got to find this little spot down there and do it. Is it some guys are better at putting that part of it away, I guess, than others? It's got to be half the same metal on this part of it. Most of it's metal. Most of it's metal. Uh, Dave, I, I appreciate you earlier explaining why quarterbacks are no longer holders. With that said, obviously we've seen Harrison have to miss some time. Obviously Justin Reed has, you know, emerged as like that emergency kicker for maybe that day. If Tommy's unavailable, who would be the backup holder considering, like you said, that operation needs so much time together? Yeah, that's, I mean, once you get to the emergency state, which that would be, uh, or, I mean, it would be uh, uh, Marcus Kemp is our holder. 
what, what, what makes him the man for that? Uh, he's got great hands, and he's a student of it, and he's practiced it. And we train in the training camp. We worked on that. Consistency. I mean, when I first stood up here in the beginning of the season, everybody said, "What's going to be the difference with Tommy?" This year? You know, it's going to be his consistency because we've seen flashes of him being great, but his his consistency is is what really stands out this year. Um, you, you look at his charts and, and his grades that I have on my board, and it's just above average all the way across. And you know, and if not, if not that, he's he's getting you know special teams player of the week, which is uh, probably the greatest honor somebody can get. You know, and he's gotten it for the month too in September. So I mean, it says a lot about his year. He's had a Pro Bowl year, um, you know, and he's been a major factor for us on special teams this year. Coach, what's uh, Seattle's biggest thing on special teams? Something about Seattle, ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they they fly around. I mean, they fly around. Uh, Larry Izzo's the coach. Larry Izzo was a an ex, uh, you know, a great special teams player in his day. Coached against them a bunch. Uh, he's got those guys uh, playing with their hair on fire. I mean, they just fly around. And and the thing that we have to deal with this game is that we're going to have to return every kick and we're going to have to cover every kick because of the cold. You know the cold really affects the ball. It's not doesn't fly like it like it does. So, um, you know it's going to be fun for us. We're looking forward to this one. How much is practicing inside going to affect the operation with, with the cold coming? Yeah, I mean you you can't. I mean we can't get outside. The guys would just be trying to survive out there. You know, and it's really about focus. You have to learn the game plan, and everybody has to deal with the cold, and we'll we'll manage that. We've had a lot of cold games, so uh, yeah, it's 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 a factor. It's going to be a factor, and uh, you know everybody will deal with it. Last one, Lilo. Uh, one of the things that Harrison was telling us yesterday was about the kind of PSI. Like when you get this yeah. cold weather, that's right. It's thirteen. They measure them inside. It, what what can happen during the game? Can you guys say these are really flat? I mean, I don't want to get all the clicking, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a this is the coldest game you're going to have in, yep. in quite a while. Right? Yeah, the, the the bag that they put the, the balls in don't don't have a heater in it. You know, so they're going to be you know they're going to adjust to the, whatever the weather is. So, but they will deflate a little bit. I mean, that's just. Physics, so I mean, there's not much we can do about that. Thanks, coach. Thanks, thanks, thanks everybody.